Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. I have three other people with me. I have Steve North, Paula Sanero, and my best friend, Leslie. I've threatened to have Leslie on a podcast. I can't tell you how many times. And we're going to start out today specifically talking about an experience that Paula just had recently in Montana in a sweat lodge. And her one of her ancestors came through. This is not our grandfather, but it's grandfather on her mother's side. And it's going to connect the dots to a lot of the things that Steve North talks about with Amy, his twin flame spirit guide. And you're going to see what happens and how ancestors come through, how they heal us, how long they stay. And we're going to get a little bit more insight into what's happening on the planet with COVID-19 and how the spirit guides are working over time. Steve will explain some of that. And Leslie's personal experience with losing her mother to COVID, um, as well as another family member and knowing several people in the Seattle area um, that have contracted it and what they have actually experienced will bring a lot of um, gravity, I think, to this situation and help us understand more the purpose of this and why we're here. And, and Leslie's going to be able to talk to and ask as many questions as she wants um, with Steve. So Paula, I'm going to let you take it and tell us about what this was. In other words, what was the purpose of this four-day ceremony? I was invited to an Anipi, which is a sweat. And in the Assiniboine culture, what they do when somebody dies, is they have four days of ceremony, the first day being a pipe ceremony the last two being sweat lodges, which in in the Nakoda language is Anipi. And so I was invited to the last day of the Anipi, and it was only going to be a two-round. It's usually four rounds. And what they did for the first round, there were six of us in the, in the lodge. There was an older woman, myself, the medicine man, and three other guys, one who happened to be the brother, a, a brother of the guy who died. And so the woman did the first round in tribute to women, and it was all in Nakota, so I didn't understand that, what it was. And the second round, the medicine guy was talking about ancestors, and he wanted us to talk, think about our lives and ancestors. And ancestors were coming into the lodge because he was talking to them. And then he said, he all of a sudden said, there's a grandmother outside, and she wants to come in. And when I saw him there or felt him there, um, I just started to cry very, very hard. And I haven't cried that hard in a long time. And my grandfather died 30 years ago. And for the past three, he's been very present with me. I feel him all the time. He holds my hand. I, I, I feel him around all the time. And really what he was coming for was to tell me that he wasn't going to be around as much anymore. I could always call on him if I needed him, but he was not going to be around so much anymore because he was getting ready to come again. His soul was getting ready to come again. So he was going to have to leave me. And he was one of the most important people in my life. And that's why I cried so hard. And it's always been a comfort the past three years to know he's he's been there and I can call. I mean, I don't even have to call him. He's just right there. So I have a question for Steve. When... Paula's saying that her grandfather said she could call on him at any time. And he's also preparing. He's not going to be around. Even when he reincarnates, he can call on, she can call on his soul, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Can you explain that just a little bit? It was explained to me some time ago that um, although we have our different aspects as we're coming down to the density of the planet, we can always call on to say like the person's higher self or their soul. So in an experience that Amy and I have going to be sharing in this sometime in the future, they're explaining to me that if I ever need to connect to Amy, go visit the soul plane and I'll be able to connect to the Amy that I know there. So we can always call on, any aspects of the souls because it's consciousness and it's, you know, through telepathic communication, if that's the easiest way to explain it, we can just call on them straight away and their presence is available. I mean, when we think about it, we look at Archangel Michael and, you know, the majority of the population calls on him, but he's that consciousness is always present. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so we, we've all talked a lot about 
um, the effects that COVID-19 has had on the planet. And I wanted to get a little bit more into that today, especially for people who have had family members and friends pass over and were taken by COVID. And as I said, Leslie's, but Leslie's mom died of COVID-19 and um, her brother's uh, wife's sister died of, of the same thing. And, you know, Seattle area was hit really hard and that's the area that she lives in. But when her mom first passed, I mean, I picked up on her mom instantly, but what is it that you think, and I'm going to speak for you for a minute, Leslie, just, you know, to sort of get a little bit more into this. What is it that happens when somebody dies of COVID-19, they cross over, you know, obviously they cross over. I want you to talk a little bit more again about what happens. And then why is it so difficult sometimes for, for the family member to contact their loved one? Why is there, there cause Leslie really struggled with that. I mean, her mom was talking, chattering away. I could hear it. But Leslie just, finally, her mother broke through in a dream the other night, just came, I mean, like broke the doors down. I want you, Steve, to talk about what Amy has told you and what the archangels and also the ascended masters have told you is actually happening with COVID-19. You've told me that spirit guides are working overtime. People have asked me, what exactly does that mean? And Leslie asked me, what does that mean? I don't understand that. Okay, so... When we think about it, since COVID nineteen came into effect in November last year, with a major with hitting it globally in March this year, uh, we've had more than a million souls crossover, um, or what's been reported as a million souls have been crossing over. So there's a lot more souls that are starting to leave our physicality and going to the other side more than ever before. We're getting traumatized souls that are dying with COVID because lives have been ended short. And there's a lot of activity in terms of busyness. We have this unbalance. You know, we've got the election that's going on and the craziness with all the protests and then all the emotions that are surfacing. So we've got a lot of unbalance in the planet as a planet is going from one polarity to another. So everything is in a way tied into each other with the, what change, with the physical changes that is occurring on the earth. So then when we're going back to what's on happening on the other side of the veil, all the spirit guides um, and family members and you know, everyone that's on the other side is coming together to try and help each incarnate that is struggling because we've got the mental health going on. We've got our energetic systems that are getting all um, sticky and gunky, which is where we struggle with communication because that um, density or that gunk kind of blocks off the frequencies that we can receive and hear. And then we're, um, and it's just a lot of, you know, like think of it when there's a massive um, experience going on on this side of the valley. We've got so much going on. People are busy, busy, busy. And it's just like that pretty much. It's the same as what we experience where it's just everyone's busy helping each other out, getting people ready, the um, reorientation once they've crossed back over and a lot of stuff like that. It's just a lot, a lot, a lot. So wow. Colleen's spirit guide which is Leslie's mom is actually helping Leslie's spirit guide. Right. Mm -hmm. And then her brother and her sister and then the grandkids. Mm -hmm. Right. And whoever yeah. else. Is that right? And then what is the gunk that you were talking about that actually causes there to be, uh, in other words, you know, they can't hear the voice of or feel their um, one, their loved one. What is that? So we, you know, every human or every person or everything has this, whether you call it morphogenetic system or auric field or, or bioenergy field, um, a lot of it is, you know, every person has a lot of information in their energy system. And when we're going through emotions such as stress, depression, grief, a lot of that um, density is held within our energy field for us to work through. So if you're going, so for me, like when we first started working with Amy, because I was going through that depression state, it was a lot more difficult for her to come through uh, because I because I had that density in my field, that gunk, and it's um and it's my responsibility to go through and clear out that gunk. The only ones that come through in that period of time are the archangels, the ascended masters, because they just push it aside, they come through, they deliver the message, and then they leave. So sometimes spirit guides are having to get the masters or the archangels to come through to deliver messages to the incarnates. And when we're in like these heavy, heavy 
like funks in our lifetimes, um, most of the time the Ascended Masters will have to step forward because the spirit guides are struggling to come through. Okay, so then Paula, would you wonder, and I'm going to let Leslie speak for herself because I could just go on and on and on. But before I do that, so, so Paula's grandfather died 30 years ago, but she really felt him for the past three years. Was there something that lifted for you, Paula, to really get in touch with him those past these past three years? Oh, I think so. And in, in listening to what Steve said about the gunk in the energy field, when I do energy healings on people that are traumatized or, you know, we're going through what Leslie's going through, their actual energy field is just slammed against their body. They really don't, it's not expanded at all. It's just like sucked in. And I think that's where I had been, say, three years ago, you know, and my energy field is now way expanded. And I think that I think he helped with that. You know, he came at that time when it started to expand out, you know, and I think that's why I felt him, why I can feel him so much now. I think he he helped a lot with that. Well, I can say this is that in many ways, Leslie's a one woman show. And so slammed is an understatement. There was a point <laughs> where, and I'll let you tell this story. She was just done. She was on the floor thinking, how do I take myself out of this reality? Like right now, like done, like that done. You just can't take any more. You know what I mean? You miss someone so much, you know, and and then she's re- remodeling her kitchen, and anyone that's done a remodel knows that it put a gun to your head. That's what it's like, right? And then she's, you see what I'm saying? So uh, I'll let you tell that story if you want to, or, or ask questions, Les. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I, I talking about, first of all, the, the gunk, I think, and the, you know, the death of, of my mom, I, I can relate to that. And, and I think that there's a lot of gunk and maybe that's why I can't feel her Jocelyn like you could, you know, you, you know, her chatting your ear off and her being around you. And, and like the dream that I had the other night of her knocking and ringing the doorbell and calling my cell phone and, you know, me rushing to the door and she's saying, well, I'm just trying to get a hold of you, you know? And it's like, well, me realizing that, yeah, okay, maybe there's so much gunk that I'm not hearing you know? And, um, so I think there is a lot of gunk that's blocking my fields from receiving, um, her right now. And, um, well, Paula and Steve, why don't you guys talk a little bit about what she can do and what everyone can do? Everybody's got a different process, right? And you guys each have your own opinions. How can she, how do we help people who have been losing loved ones left and right from this, how do we help them remove the gunk so that they can begin to heal and, and hear? Well, and I wanted to say this too, and I think Jocelyn, anybody that's lost somebody, whether they're, I mean, a parent, a, you know, a spouse, a brother, a sister, whoever, I mean, you're in such a state of grief for, you know, for a period of time, Right. That it's yeah. so that it's so hard. You can't get to a point of hearing or seeing or you know we we all want that that moment with them. We want to see them, feel them, hear them, touch them, and for whatever period of time that is for each person, right? Yeah. We have to go through that grief, that gunk, right, until something clears. And then I think for most people that that I've talked to anyway, or that I that I know, or and I think maybe you'd agree too, there's that moment, right? That that moment where, oh, I finally had a dream, or I finally felt them, or I finally this, or I finally that. Let's talk a little bit about COVID and and what's happening. And Paula's a registered nurse. I mean, she can weigh in on this and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's got her input. So I'm going to just mute myself and let y'all. There's that, that moment of where they can take a breath, you know? Yeah. It's like a clearing. It is. It's like a clearing. Exactly. So, yeah, but that, that's actually very, uh, you're right. That's very, um, 
accurate that you have to get through that grief, you know? Yeah. The grief can be so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this blanket of tremendous grief over the planet. And I also feel that so many people feel very, very helpless during this time. So what I'm thinking of is that we've got multiple things occurring, um, not just the grief of you know, losing someone. We're also having an aspect of our identity being torn apart as well. And so one of the things that I've noticed is, and, and experience, and it's not fun, is that when someone close to us passes away, our identity is based on that person being in our life. So now that person has left, who am I without that person in my life? Like you look at a relationship breakup, you have that, um, you don't, you have to redefine who you are and bring back aspects of yourself. And, you know, it's all these changes, changes, changes. So we've got multiple things occurring, which is like the grief, the death of like that death experience, um, as well as the emotional uh, attachments, because it's like, you know, we've got a souls that are making ultimate sacrifices and it's just happening everywhere that it's like, okay, we've got that fear of impermanence surfacing because I could be next it's just a lot to really process. And then we've, then we've got people getting upset because of the money side of things. And then the governments are getting upset and we don't know who to trust. We can't trust the media because they're always using the same footage they're from, you know, from uh, stock footage. It's all so much chaos that is going on at the moment. And I think the only thing that is what it's forcing us to do is really just to go within and try and find that peace within. Do you think that some of these people that are, crossing over from COVID-19 have made a sacrifice with their lives and knew this before they even came here? Yeah. That's one of the things that Amy has said is like um, a lot of the souls are being really taken care of because they've made the sacrifice. Even getting COVID and recovering is is considered a sacrifice. Um, We generally plan our incarnations. And one of the things that was revealed is that we or every soul that's incarnated knew that COVID was coming long before they incarnated. So someone so, who's 90 knew about it. Leslie's mom said something to one of the nurses. Do you remember that, Leslie? Um, what What about her getting it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That she want. Well, what she said was that she wanted to be the one to get it. Are you, is that what you're referring to? Yes. Yes. She said that she, my mom said that she wanted to be the one to get COVID because she didn't want anyone else to suffer there and that she could be the, the strongest one to, to recover from it. That's what she So said. it's like she stepped in front of the bus. Yeah, it's exactly what she did. So, that and really- so that's, I'm sorry, Paul. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that just relates to what Steve is saying that they made the sacrifice. No, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry. That's, a, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> the, okay. The same thing you said, and I and I agree so a lot with Steve. I think this forces us. This is forcing a lot of people, forcing us as a collective to go inside, because I think for so so long we have been so outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, social media. TV, you know, at work, everything, family that we don't, nobody takes time to actually go inside themselves. And I think this is actually forcing this shift is forcing us to do that. But I I agree with Steve, I think there are people that were are here, the ones that have died, and that has been their, I really don't want to say their job, but that or sacrifice that has been their sacrifice. And that's why they're part of why they were here. And so even the people that have contracted it, it's, it's also part of the sacrifice, part of our learning. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah, Steve. So um, one of the things that I've really noticed about this process is it's becoming more prevalent that people are wanting to connect more. So the, the online dating thing, the Facebook thing the Instagram thing. That is a way of connecting. But what I'm actually seeing and I'm hearing more of is actual real connection before we even had cell phones. And so I, and connecting spiritually too, like in a different way. What is this about? Why is this happening? Right? So do you guys want to weigh in on that? 
So in 2014, when I when my mind was blown wide open, one of the things that was revealed is that the mobile phone technologies is part of evolution of the human, where they were learning to be in communication with each other without having to be physically present. So as you're talking about online dating, all of a sudden I'm just reminded about this whole experience of humanity is evolving into telepathic communication. Meaning with, tell me what you mean by that. So telepathic communication is the ability to communicate with one another without having to be physically present with them. So we can communicate through thoughts. So this civilization that um, introduced mobile phone communications, which are heavily involved with the evolution of humanity and this planet, was um, was like moving toward like helping humanity evolve, evolve because we're going, we went from Neanderthal to human, we're going from human to the next stage, which is what we're all experiencing right now. And the idea is like when you're saying we're online dating, we're not physically present anymore. We're just learning about people in our own worlds, in our own bubbles, in our own homes. And it's just, it was just like a thought that came through. It's like, here we are learning to evolve again. Learning. Oh, I see. Okay, I took that the wrong way because what what I notice is is that you know each person, like you said, is living in their own bubble. One is thinking one thing, one is thinking the other, and they're each projecting the personas or the facades that they want the other to experience, and they're experiencing that as well about themselves. But none of it maybe is is even real, and that's why they call it dating app apathy. Because people have become very apathetic because they aren't able to go more deeply. And so do you agree that COVID has brought us to a place where it's causing us to be more mindful and more aware about how we act and who we love and how we show people that we love them? Interesting question. I think I kind of think so. I definitely think so. And why? I mean, why do you guys think so? Well, you know, if you, like Paula said, I mean, I think that, that this, that COVID since the beginning, I mean, it's something that none of us has even seen or experienced in our lifetime. Right. And it's touched so many lives in so many different ways. And it's made us realize like what really matters. And it's, it's kind of forced us all to go within right? And so it's kind of like, it's kind of time, timed us all out and put a pause on everything. And at least for myself and made me look at like all of this artificial stuff on the outside going on around me is just not like real life. (laughs) You know, it's just stuff. It's work. It's, you know, fake, you know, the online dating stuff is just not, it's, it's not real. It's, it's not real life, really. You know, it's, it's the forced me to go inside and who really matters? What really matters to me? You know, um, I'm losing my mother, my mom, you know, she's dying of this and what matters most to me, my children, my parents, my siblings. And so it's, it's shifted my whole perspective of everything in my life. You know, and suddenly the the trivial things that I thought were most important before mean are meaningless to me. They don't they don't mean as much, you know. And um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. At least you know, from from what I'm hearing and seeing and and talking with people, you know, a lot of people have shifted their perspective on things. I mean think about it, people, you know, aren't their jobs, for example, people aren't, will, a lot of people will never go back into their office to work. Why? Because they're comfortable with at home working with their families there. You know, being at home, it's, is most important. And they find that they can do their jobs. They don't need to be in traffic for three hours a day and being in that rat race being pulled out of it. And it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know what? Life is really good. Life is actually really calm now. And so I think it's forced us to shift our, shift our perspective and kind of relook at things and rethink things. 
I agree. Wake up more slowly. Yeah. And and kind of you, slow our whole lives down a little bit. You know, actually a mm-hmm. lot, but Mhm. Mhm. Definitely. That ties in with something that Amy said back in April last year. This year, I should say, sorry. Um when uh, we're doing the Amy session, someone, uh, Jocelyn, well, my Jocelyn, another Jocelyn, asked um, Amy what the whole purpose of COVID was. And in a nutshell, she says its main purpose is to break old patterns once and for all. Uh, we could, you know, it's to bring in change, it's to bring in transformations, to bring in healing. We could say a lot of things because the beauty of this experience is that it is a lot of things. And that, like, Many years ago, um, when I was ma- when I was married, I would I would wake up in the morning. And I'm like, "Is this all life is?" We get up, we get dressed, we have a shower, we have breakfast, we go jump in the car, we go catch a train, we go to work, we come home, and it's just the same thing over and over and over again. It's like a constant. It was just it wasn't. I felt like I wasn't living because it was just the mm-hmm. same thing. We need money. We need to go to work. We just sit at a desk all day. We come home. We sit in front of the TV, and it's just, oh, this is boring. It's, it didn't feel like when you got this insatiable lust for life to explore and experience that being trapped in this rat race wasn't really experiencing. Mm-hmm. No, we were we were working to live, right? I mean, we live to work instead of work to live. And now, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And now how many times, how many, how many times do you see people or hear people getting up in the morning? I know for myself, I get up in the morning, I have my coffee or whatever. I go for a walk with the dogs. I come back. I'm in a, a different mindset. I do my work. I, you know, deal with my clients. Everybody's happier. They're more relaxed and, you know, work proceeds, but everybody has a different mindset about everything. You know, at, nobody is in that, in the middle of that, you know, that grind. And, and that. Right. They're not breathing heavy. Right. Yeah. yeah they're, they're got to be healthier then too. And the planet isn't having to deal with car exhaust. So she heals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all starts to heal itself, right? Paula, you live in Alaska, and then two weeks out of the month, you're living in Montana. And Paula's a nurse for the tribes. What do you see happening in Alaska in on the and with the tribes? Um, is COVID it's affected them too, right? Yeah, pretty much disproportionately because of the health disparities here. But I agree with Leslie in my place in Alaska. I think people are a whole lot happier. They're working at home. They're doing the same. They're getting up. They're taking their dog for a walk. Life is is really good. Here it's become here in Montana with the tribes. It's everything's still a little out of balance. And what I've noticed here this week is that kids are out of balance because I work in the schools doing health education. Teachers are out of balance. Things are getting a little more out of control here. They haven't made that shift. I mean, people like the tribe is shut down. So only non-essential work or only essential workers are there. Um, Non-essential workers are technically working from home, but schools are all in session here. And so, but there's just this really tense feeling here, which is way different than what, than what I'm feeling in Alaska. What I also wanted to add though, to the conversation is that I think people now are realizing that they took advantage or they took, I can't even think of what I'm trying to say, but took for granted that you could always just like hop on an airplane, go see your mom. You can't just hop on an airplane and go see your mom. I mean, you're having to think about your mom's 85, you know? Do I want to come from, say, Alaska or, say, from Montana and go there because I may have been exposed here? Do I want to go there? No, I don't. And I think people are realizing now that what they used to take for granted, even they, though they may not have ever, like, just popped on an airplane to go see their mom, they're like, wow, now I really can't. So this relationship is coming becoming more important because I can't. And so what I'm what I'm really hoping is that those kinds of relationships and socialization is becoming more important. They were not only going to socialize via Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and things like that. I'm really hoping that when all this is over, people realize how how much we need that 
mm-hmm. person, person, con- person to person contact. That's what I'm hoping comes out of here. So then we're breaking the habits and patterns. That's what Steve is is saying. And Amy was saying, we're breaking habits and patterns of not connecting, truly connecting. Mm-hmm. Because the dating and the Instagram and the Facebook, I mean, God bless all of those mediums. But people were not feeling like they were really connecting. And on some level, people can get on Instagram and Facebook and they can connect. But I, I had a girl that I was talking to the other night and she asked me the question, should I move to Florida? And I said, sure, why not? And she said, because if I move to Florida, I will only go to the park and go to the grocery store and that's it. I won't have any interaction. And I said, then don't move to Florida. You need to wait mm-hmm. because our our interaction with the people that we're closest to is really the most important thing. You know, we, we're closer to our pets. My dog and my cat are happier too. You know, it's calmer. You know, I, I'm not oh. in and out, it, right, and up and down. So, you know, in and out, doing things constantly, it's, it's much different now. And so I think that breaking the habits that we got into, Steve, can you go into that a little bit more? Like, Amy, got any insight here? Um, ooh. you know we've got a we've got a few trucks coming in how do we unpack this um (laughs) (laughs) what's the worst one right let's get the biggest one out of the way first okay let's repeat the question again so i can get focused so we're breaking habits and patterns Mm -hmm. right And the habits and patterns that we're breaking, the big ones for me that I see are things like the pollution of the earth. Okay. Those are habits and patterns that we got into. The industrial age has slowed down and now it's becoming the age of the internet. Okay. Which is very interesting because, you know, the large buildings that were occupied and you couldn't get into if you wanted to rent a, um, you know, any sort of space for three years and then you had to be on a waiting list. That's not happening anymore. I mean, most of the buildings in San Francisco are vacant. Yeah. We've, it's, it's really interesting because in Australia, we have something completely different. We have a completely different experience in what's happening in the rest of the world. Um, but we're still having these empty uh, buildings. I mean, look what's happening with China. Like China was the epicenter of everything that was manufactured. Everything that's got a sticker on, like you you buy, has made in China. And China started to outsource to India. So they manufacture in India and slap made in China on it. All of a sudden, because of all the struggles and the, what's going on with the trade economy with China and the trade wars that's happening, we're now having to focus on manufacturing ourselves. Um, because it's like, okay, one of the things that we have in Australia is like, okay, I'm willing to pay more to keep an Australian in a job rather than focusing on something that's made in China. Like over the past few years, um, it's all been about paying less, 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 and less. So that, you know, um, previously like companies in Australia used to manufacture went overseas because it was so much cheaper and you can sell a cheaper product and it's the same product. Now we're paying more because we want to have, you know, like Australians that have jobs. We want to have the manufacturing in Australia. I mean, we have zero car manufacturers in Australia right now because of the way that the economy has changed. And all of a sudden we've got COVID and it's like it's shocked everything. It's shocked the government. It's shocked the people. It's shocked industries. It's shocked jobs. Like we used to have them. We've got have a massive crayfish um exporting industry to China and now China's going if you port anything from Australia you're paying 80% taxes it's yeah I that's mean, crazy yeah there's some really big things and now all of a sudden because we've created another alliance with Japan and because Australia's got military alliances with America and Japan it's all of a sudden it's like well you know China's going you've upset the enemy and China owns a lot of the world like they own the biggest shipping port in Holland and it's all this stuff that's going on and it's bringing so much stuff to the surface we have corruption coming to the surface I mean we look at the elections in 2016 when Trump got in everyone was saying that the election system is um, broken and China and Russia are involved with Trump getting in and all of a sudden now because Trump's been voted out oh there's no there's no corruption here it's really it's just 
massive levels of extremes that we're watching out. Like duality is is just purely available to be seen. That so I'm curious how how many cases is it is COVID really bad in in Australia right now or what? I I don't even know. Is it lessening or is it as bad as the U.S. or I don't know. Because Australia is like an island, the only Uh way for COVID to come in is through airlines. So so what we've started to do is we've blocked all international flights coming in. The only people that can... The only people that can come in are generally government government officials or military officials or or, you know, or other reasons. When they, so that way we're not having as many people come in because the only way to bring it in is through through airlines and shipping. So right. we had an outbreak in Victoria, uh-huh. but in Western I live in Western Australia, which is abbreviation for wait a while. So we're in the most isolated city in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and. And what's happening is, and this is where, like, as, as Jocelyn said, we had a rant. What people are whinging about here is that we have, t- WA put hard borders in, so you couldn't come in to Western Australia. So if you lived in Western Australia and went over to another state, you couldn't come back in. So it really forced everyone to lock down. And although we could travel anywhere within Western Australia, and Western Australia is you drive three days, you're still in Western Australia. That's how big it is. Like you could fit half. Wow. You could fit yeah. half of America in Western Australia, and because we have such a huge mining sector, that's kept the country afloat because we're still mining and still exporting the raw minerals. What we're finding here is because I'm still going to the cinemas every day of the week, and I go to a cinema, and there's two people in the cinema, including me. Um, <laughs> oh wow! So so I'll go to so I'll go to it like a watched a movie one uh, on last Wednesday, I'm the only person in the cinema, in this luxury cinema, and I'm just like, I've got table service, I've got everything. So I'm loving this experience right now. <laughs> yeah. But then one of the experiences that I've been having at home, because my mom's got bone cancer, she's having, she's got the impermanence thing going on, and my sister moved to the other side of the country and living in Brisbane, and she wants to spend time with her daughter. So she started, you know, all I see on the media is this is not good enough, the government's not good enough, we should be having this, we shouldn't be locking down, and because our numbers haven't been the same. Mm-hmm. And I think we've only had, like in Western Australia, 100 people die of COVID. It's just completely different. And so when the, the journalists leave Australia, you go to the airport and it's like um, it's like a dead zone. There's no one there. But And when they flew to America, it was like, what's going on here? It's business as normal. There's people everywhere. Um, but you know, in WA, our premier, or which is, I think, the mayor equivalent in the US, um, has locked has really locked it down so tight so that we could have our luxuries because we can go to the pub, we can go to the restaurants, we can do this, and we don't have to worry about COVID. Yes, we still have to socially distance, but no one really cares anymore. We've become so complacent with our own lifestyle that. All I'm seeing is people whinging, and it really triggered me because I'm going, "Where's the compassion for those that have died? For those that..." And it was just—it's a completely different experience. And when, so going back to the experience with the mother, she was saying like she was—I'd wake up in the morning, and there she is saying, "I'm feeling like a prisoner. I'm trapped. I'm trapped." It's like you got three days, and you drive anywhere. You're still in WA. It's like you know. But then when I had a session with one of the masters, he was, they explained to me that our mental systems are changing. So when we're talking about the morphogenetic systems, our mind systems operate like, you could say the chakras, there are like 12 different dimensions of the mental system. And those that are running around saying, I feel trapped, I feel trapped, their mind systems are locked into a certain method or a certain way or in a certain place, whereas, and they're unable to relax into this experience. And that's been a real challenge for me because I'm one of those, as God explained to me, I'm one of those souls that just went, you know what it is, what it is, let's just chill out and relax. It's, you know, so many people have not been able to relax for I don't know how many years and then COVID comes along and they're like, oh, what do I do with myself now? I've got all this free time. Well, and and the other thing is you're right. The U.S. is a little bit different. I mean, nobody knows what to do with our people that that were in service. For example, what do we do with the people that were restaurant bartenders and servers? 
and they're closed and the restaurants are doing their best to do takeout and keep their businesses alive. Yet, if you go through San Francisco, we've lost 30% of our really good restaurants. I mean, Michelin star restaurants, Berkeley too, Oakland too. And so where do these people go when unemployment is absolutely backed up? You know, they're not getting their money. And I know a lot of people did a mass exodus from San Francisco because they not only did they have to, they wanted to, you know, they're paying $3,500 for a studio so that they can live to pay the bills, right? And the restaurant closes. Well, then now they can't even pay their rent. And you are protected. You do have rent control. And San Francisco and Berkeley and Oakland are really good about that. But you still can't pay your damn rent. And it it only went for so long. And so the question is, how do we help people understand what's happening in the change? Yes, you're right. We all had to take a deep breath and relax. And we did, right? Because the earth needed to breathe too. But the change isn't It isn't, in other words, the change is happening, but it isn't in sync with the human being and with industry. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I guess that's the spiritual part of it, you know, is we have to look for a different way. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. I was, it just, like when you said that, I got, I was reminded um, on my final night in, because I did a three-month trip traveling from Los Angeles to New Jersey, Colorado Springs, Sarasota and Florida, San Francisco, and all these different places. Um, I caught an Uber driver, and I was speaking with a driver, and he was telling me that he earns $110,000 being in a power engineer. His wife's a lawyer, and he and when he's not working, he's driving Uber so that they can pay bills because of the cost of living in in uh, Los Angeles is that expensive. I think what I also found is I was speaking with someone in San Francisco. They bought a house like five years ago now. It was like 500000 And in two years, it went got value to $3 million, and you're paying, what, 40% property tax? I mean, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. And then if you buy a house for $3 million, you're paying a little over a one and a quarter percent. You see what I'm saying? So it's expensive, you know, to live here. And so that's why there's been a mass exodus. And a lot of people that were living in San Francisco left and went to Tahoe, went to Truckee. And it's beautiful and it's quiet and you have nature. And and Leslie lives right outside of Seattle. And there was a mass exodus out of Seattle, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, you know, people can't afford to live live here either, you know, and a lot, we've lost a lot of our restaurants, just like where Jocelyn lives, because our, our places are closed down too. And a lot of people, you know, the unemployment is backed up, people aren't getting paid, and people are are freaking out. It's just, I, I see, I see those people, the people that are, you know, the restaurant, the bartenders, the waitresses, the waiters, those people are kind of freaking out. It's the corporate, it's the corporate world people that are chill, are taking a back seat, taking a, a slower or a slower paced mm-hmm. life. But yeah, it's a, a lot of people have are leaving because they can't they can't afford it. It's too much. One of the one of the strategies, and I think this is why it was just been so incredibly lucky to live in Australia, was that our government when COVID came in and we did the lockdowns, any business that had made a 30% loss because of COVID was, became eligible to have all employees paid a specific salary rate. And so they took up the tab for the salaries for the employees. So if you're a sole trader and you've got three staff, the government started paying your staff for, for six months. Um, so whilst they could figure out um, the strategies to return to work, then Victoria had a had a or Melbourne yeah Melbourne Victoria had a breakout so then they extended it for another six months with a reduced rate and then what I'm hearing is that in the US it's a completely different contrast you're either unemployed and getting very little and you're on your own yeah and small businesses can get small business loans and then they start to just because you know they need to pay their employees and they have to pay the money back. Maybe they don't have to pay the money back. We don't know because we don't really know when Trump is going to give up his presidency and turn it over to Biden. You know, I mean, and, you know, there's all this crazy going on, you know, which in a way is kind of interesting to me. But uh, Paula, what's happening in Alaska? What do you see in Alaska? Um, pretty much what you're seeing everywhere else. I I know a lot of the, the oil drilling has actually 
was decreased anyway prior to COVID. So that was putting a lot of people out of jobs. The restaurants are, well, they're open, but we're seeing more takeout, you know, so they don't have as many servers in. So people like that have lost their jobs. Although, you know, we had the payroll payroll protection plan for people that it was, it went on for a while for those businesses. Plus people were getting pretty good unemployment, which unfortunately has stopped as well. I, I think we are not as affected. Um, we've, we've seen dramatic prices going up in the stores, but we have a lot of people, you know, that hunt moose and, you know, don't have to go to the grocery store. Uh, we just yeah, see okay. it on a smaller scale, I think, than a lot of people were still suffering. There's a lot of people still suffering, but I haven't seen it on as, as much of a dramatic scale as I, I hear about it in the lower 48. So for 2021, to wrap this up, Steve, what is best we can? So break your ha- we're, we're breaking our old habits. You're being forced to break our old habits, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It, it is painful um, for some. And what is the message that is coming through? It's interesting because it's like, when we, okay, so one of the things that they said to me in a session was that um, as this storm is going on, there are a lot of us are anchoring out the totem in this. In, they, yeah, they use the metaphor of a totem in a sandstorm. So as the sand is blowing everywhere, the totems are being covered up. But then as the storm settles, the, the totems are there standing. And a lot of the messages is really just to relax, really just to relax because our physical bodies are changing. The planet's physical form is changing. There's a lot going on. Systems are collapsing. This is the like 2020 and 2021 is the year is the ascension that everyone talks about that started at the end of the mind calendar in 2012. So the second wave of ascension is also beginning to occur because there are those that, you know, it's all done in cycles in little, you know, in, in groups. And we're seeing these, having these incredible experiences of watching systems collapse because it's no longer a viable system. Um, I mean, when you do the comparisons between Australia and America, it's like you're paying, we're paying $5 for a pizza and you're paying $20 per topping kind of thing. It's like, what the, um, so the main message is, is just to relax and allow it to occur. Yes, there's a lot of stress. We do. There's a lot of emotions going on. But if we can just really just be the totem within ourselves, it'll help everyone around because there will be a time that all of us will get a calling to go help others. So this leads into 2021. And as things settle down, a lot of people are going, what do I do now? What do I do now? And that's when that call to all those, and we use the term light workers, are going to start getting that phone call and saying, right, you need to go help people. Because right. there's right. a lot of stuff going on in the mental. And if we look at the mental plane, it's like a minefield that's going on. And that's what we're. What, that's what you can see right now. With so much going on in the mental plane, we need to. There's that pathway to move through this fourth dimensional system into what we call the new earth or the Garden of Eden or whichever culture we look at. Is this is what they need the guidance to get there. And that's where what happens in twenty one. I agree with that, and I I think that everybody on on this podcast would agree with that because that's the message that I was getting. It's all about mm-hmm. being of service to others. Absolutely. You know, mm. Leslie's mom, Colleen. I'd be talking to Leslie. There was a situation in her family that was a little bit fiery, right? And Leslie would be telling me what was going on, and. Leslie, do you remember I'd start talking and your mom would cut the, I'd be the call would cut and I'd call her back and we'd start the conversation, the call would cut. Yeah. And then I tried to text her and the stupid texts wouldn't go through. And I said to her, your mother will not let me address this in any other way, but love. And that's the way we have to do this. And I mean, and Leslie wanted to rip every single one of her hairs out because, you know, when we're emotionally charged over something, because, you know, we're thinking or feeling that something is happening and it could be, or it couldn't be because we don't know because we're emotionally charged. Right. Um, is Amy or the archangels or the ascended masters, what's their message to everybody as an overall to help us weather this storm? Sometimes we wind up creating energies that we then have to clean up. 
But Colleen, I'll tell you what, I mean, if there wasn't a message that I didn't get really clearly, you know, for months, do you remember your mom was like, nope. I mean, we absolutely were not allowed to talk about certain things because they weren't positive. They weren't in the light. And I knew it too. You know how we perpetuate things because our ego's involved? Do you remember that? I, I do. And that's the one thing I, I, I move forward with now because I know that that is what her message continues to be. And that is to move forward with love. Oh my God. She was such a loving woman too. I mean, really loving, really light and loving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she really did leave a great legacy. I mean, Leslie has the hugest heart ever, just like her mom. You've got, you had a lot of fiery strength like her too, you know, but, and so, and you know, Steve has told us about Amy. And so Paula, with your grandfather, tell us a little bit about how has he helped you? I mean, does he come in like, like Colleen has come in with Leslie and I and like just shut it down. And 1111 was the other thing. I mean, that was like something real. I'm telling you, you guys, things would happen with Leslie and I'd just say, I don't hear my mom. And I'd take a screenshot and I'd say, look oh, at this. Right. Here it is. Right. I mean, every time. So anyway, I, I could go on and on about that. But Paula, back to you, your grandpa. It's just more comfort. Okay. And, not, and not necessarily when... I was upset. He would just be there. And maybe it was because he was so loving to me. And, and that's all he was trying to give me at this time, this past three years. There wasn't anything like I would never, every once in a while, I'd, I'd say, hey, I want to see you, but, or feel you, but never, you know, there wasn't like the times he came, it wasn't like I was in some distress or I was, it was just, I'm here and I'm here for you. And I'm going to hold your hand. And it was just that comfort feeling for me. Steve, you've talked about that in our podcasts where we, ha we come in with a guardian angel or a spirit guide. Mm -hmm. And then our ancestors will actually also come in and they become a guide for us too. Is that right? Yeah. I have my grandmother who, I, who died from a very young age of for me and she's the one that helps me with understanding the bible references so it's like oh have a look here have a look here look at this look at that and what tells me what to look for that's amazing my my that. aunt yeah i do too my aunt that um it's paula and i we, we share this aunt our aunt gloria she would come to me and she still does and she'll stand right in my face and just say, it's literally to stop me, you know, from thinking something. And it's about breaking a habit and a pattern of thinking something. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And she's been very helpful to me in that way. And, and only that way lately. So I really appreciate that. And does anybody else have anything that they want to add? You know, I did, I wanted to mention, because I, I know that um, Paula had talked about people not dying alone when they die, you know, oh. in the hospitals. Right. Um, and I do, I, I wanted to touch on that because my mom, um, she didn't, she did not die. They, she didn't die alone. And I actually did get to go in with her before she passed away. And I had the option to be with her when she passed. Um, but I, I chose not to be with her when she passed only because, um, I, I don't think that I would have been able to, to handle that. So I stayed with her. Um, I was, I was able to suit up and, uh, mask up and be in a, a suit and all of that, um, and her being on a ventilator that it was circulating, um, clean, you know, fresh air or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. and once they took the ventilator out, um, I was still able to stay in there. Um, but I would have had to put a different, um, protective gear or whatever. Um, but I made the choice not to. So the nurse, um, that I talked to, he was with her the whole time. And, uh, she passed very quickly. 
but um, after shortly after I left. So, but he held her hand. He the did. Whole time. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he did. And um, so, yeah, she, you know, it's it, something my, my old boss, I, I remember many years ago, he told me that somebody had passed away. And I said, that makes me so sad that he died alone. And my, my boss at the time, Joe, he took my hand in his, and he looked at me and he said, nobody ever dies alone. You know, and, and I've always believed that since then, you know, whether they're physically right there alone or not, nobody ever truly dies alone. And, um, but physically that night, my mom was not alone. And, um, so I'm, I feel very lucky that I was with her. And shortly after I was talking to a woman, um, a medium actually, and, um, she told me my mom had come through and, and my sister was in the room before me for with my mom and held my mom's hand. And, and I held my mom's hand and she came through and was able to know the difference between my sister's hand and my hand and said that, uh, my sister's hand is very small <laughs> and, and my hand is is big and strong like my mom's. And she said that, uh, that me holding her hand last gave her strength to go. So that, that to me was like, you know, really brought comfort. And she knew my sister had her hand first. So yeah. (laughs) It's good to know that they don't go alone, that no, they don't yeah. die alone. No, they yeah. don't. Mm-mm. And so. I, you know, as a nurse that's been the last person holding people's hands, they don't in another way too, because I've actually seen people, the patient on the bed, mouth moving, talking, not out loud, but they're talking. Right. And even before they go, they see their brother, their sister, their mother. Right, Because those that have been lucid enough have said, my brother is here. My sister is here. They say that to me. So even if you aren't physically there, you're there. Mm -hmm. But also are the other people that have gone before them. And I am a big believer that your spirit guides are waiting for you there as well. They are in the room to escort you to that different plane. I believe that too. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. When, when our aunt died, um, so I woke up at, but I woke up at the same time that Scott did our cousin and she said to me, she was going, she was said, I'm going to go now to me and to Scott. She said, Scott, and she woke him up and he woke up and she said, dad and John are here and mm-hmm. I'm going to go now, honey. And that's our uncle and our cousin. And so I, I believe that. So Steve, do you have anything to say here? You're the master here on these. What I'm, I think one of the things that I've really wanted to um, to express was that we just have a lot of gratitude for the for that death process because it's absolutely beautiful. And with what I'm seeing in Western Australia and the rest of Australia and the world where everyone's complaining and saying things aren't good enough, that they're just not showing any gratitude or compassion to those that have died from this COVID experience and that's really what I I just started feeling so emotional because of when we start talking about statistics and that person that died was just considered one percent of those that have died from COVID we should open borders and just live with Mm -hmm. it that there was just no um, honoring of those people that have died and he listening to the stories everyone's saying there is this beautiful process and that we really need to honor those that have passed away or crossed over or because and it really also breaks that paradigm belief system that as the bible teaches from dust you came from dust you return and that's it that we are that there is an afterlife like the book of the dead in ancient egypt talks about and that there is a whole process that you know we have multiple worlds within this planet and it's just a beautiful thing to hear and experience Wow, I really like that. I'm. I actually think I'm going to name the podcast that honoring, you know, the people that have 
crossed over from COVID or something like that. I really, really, I, I like that a lot because I think that when we put it in that light, we frame it that way, we begin to look at it differently and we actually begin to honor the process of what's actually happening. That's true. And I, you know, I look at when I watch the news and I see, you know, the news talks to all these people that whose parents have died in the hospital and they couldn't be there. If they could only listen to Leslie, you know, and what she just said and listen to, you know, yes. and, and understand that there are people there, all the ancestors are there waiting for them. And the people that are dying don't think this is a horrible thing. You know, right. this, is, yeah. this is when they're ready to go over, they're ready to go over. And uh, yeah, yeah you know. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you all being on this podcast and everybody really bringing so much to this informationally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so thank you all for joining me for this podcast. And does anybody else have anything to say or oh, add? Thank you. Thank you. I, I think that we could probably talk for another hour. So for everybody listening, thank you for listening. And please, if you like this podcast, um, share it, clap for it, subscribe, and please make the world a better place.